Uh, we, we're continuing with our Healthy Habits mini-series. Uh, we started last week, we're finishing next week. This is the bit in the middle. We are the meat in the sandwich, as it were. And um, we thought we'd do things a bit differently today and share, uh, not just share it in two parts, so there's a uh, two, part one this is, um, but also to have more of a conversation uh, and share some of the conversations we've been having with each other. Um, because some of the things that maybe we've been learning might be a benefit to you. And we know when Jesus taught, often he taught in parables or by telling stories or by sharing some of the things, some of the experiences. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to interlace that with a little bit of scripture today, uh, but we're going to share some stories and conversations. Um, last week, who was here last week? Yeah, wow. Joe reminded us what a habit was and what isn't a habit it's not a nun or a monk's cassock or a habit of Although that sort. Will did really want to wear one this morning. Oh, so wanted to wear one. Anybody seen Evan Almighty where he turns into... Me? Uh, she won't let me have one of those, uh, you know, what can I say? Um, but I did, yeah, but Joe reminded us it's not that. What, what Joe said is it's a thing that you often do that you almost do automatically without thinking. And he got us thinking about our gathering habits, our habits of meeting together and the importance of that after lockdown. And we hope that maybe you've had some time to consider that. Yeah, so if you're new with us this morning, then uh, welcome. And uh, we hope that this is going to be a really useful, practical introduction. But if you're a long-time believer, then don't switch off. And don't think, well, you know, I already read the Bible, I pray, I come every week, I don't need this. Because we are all on a journey, and we are all hopefully pursuing growth. And in order to do this, then we need to think carefully about our current habits and what new habits God might be calling us into in this new season. So we want to start by grounding it in this really great scripture. And this is the message version of Romans 12. And it says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Yeah, and I think this is such a great verse because really it's saying that God is interested in our whole life. When Kev said about Jesus saying, come and see, he wants us as a whole person to come and see what he does and who he is. Um, so it's not just about the tiny part of our Christian walk that might be coming to church on a Sunday or maybe praying in the morning, but actually um, it's about the whole of our habits. It's about uh, not just our spiritual habits, but about the whole of us and placing that before him. So I'm going to start um, by asking you, why do you think habits are important? And can you talk about how this began as a conversation for us? Yeah, so a good place to start is coming up on the screen, and it's 1 Corinthians 3. Um, and as you can say, uh, th this, let me set this in, in context. Jesus is actually talking about that point in time where we'll stand before him uh, at the end of the age, okay? And he said this, If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay or straw, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire. And the fire 
will test the quality of each person's work. So picture the scene standing before Jesus at the end of your earthly days. Uh, And in this passage, the wood, the hay and the straw uh, are maybe the cheap and easily acquired uh, inferior materials that we might, or even habits, that we might build our life on. And if you build your life on these, um, they can't stand the test of time and they will be burnt up by the fire. In another passage, Jesus said, yes, you will be saved, but like one escaping from the fire, all you'll be left with is the smell of singeing. Um, But if you build using sturdy, valuable, costly materials and resilient rock, then this is what will remain in eternity. And I I love this uh, quote by Dallas Willard. It reminds me of one of my favourite Christian authors. And, And he said this, The only thing that you and I will get out of our lives one day when we stand before God, when everything else is stripped away and who we really are is made known, is the person we have become. So the critical question is that Dallas asks us, who are you becoming? And I think that's why our habits are so important um, but why did you start thinking about habits, Vicky? Because you suggested this series, mm. and uh, what, what sort of prompted that? Um, well, I think when, for me, a bit of a new season, so it's a time to review. Um, like lots of us, we went away this summer, but it's been a big year, hasn't it? And I actually came back from holiday tired. <laughs> I've never, that's never happened to me before, but I was really tired, and God had already been speaking to us, hadn't he, about yeah. our priorities and about our boundaries. And Will mentioned in one of his preaches about the jar with the rocks and the pebbles that gla- and the sand. Glass jar, rocks, pebbles. It's that sort of how do you prioritise things? Put the big rocks in first and then the others will fit in. If you let the little things happen, then you can't fit the big rocks in. So we, we talked about that, hadn't we? And we tried to put those boundaries and limits in, in place. And then um, I started my ministry training And I just felt still quite squeezed and that my God time was squeezed as well and that I needed to look at my rhythms and I needed to refocus and reprioritize. And that's good to know that. But then I was like, well, how am I going to do this? And part of the answer came from something we've been watching as well as a book that we've been reading. Yeah, so I don't know whether anyone else, has anyone else been watching The Chosen or has they watched The Chosen? Oh, a few, one or two. Um, Can I highly recommend it to you? It's brilliant. You can watch it on YouTube or you can download for free the Chosen app and you can watch it on your device. But it's a a fantastic portrayal of of Jesus Um, and and it's the life of Jesus, but it's done in a brilliant way. Um, You have to watch the first few episodes to get into it, I think. Um, But can I I recommend that to you? And we've been watching that. And, And it struck me and it struck us that Jesus is... Um, choice of disciples is, is quite different, isn't it? Uh, each disciple has a different set of motivations, maybe a different set of habits and some good and some not so good. Uh, but Jesus isn't afraid of calling out someone like Simon Peter uh, when his motivations are a bit off beam, when he, when he wants to run ahead or he wants to put his own plans in place. Um, but then when Jesus is rebuking his disciples, in this case Simon Peter, um, He also, in the same breath, recognises how valuable that quality can be, that habit can be, when it's applied in a kingdom 
context. And then the book we've been, well, the book that I was reading was one that Vicky's friend Kushler had sent me. Um, and it's not a Christian book. It's, it's Gretchen Rubin, Better Than Before. And it's all about habits. Um, and one of the things, and I know this is blindingly obvious, but as I was reading this book, I realized that what works for you doesn't work for me. And I don't know whether you've ever had that. Someone comes to you and says, oh, you ought to try this. And you think, well, that's okay for you, but that wouldn't work for me. Well, what the book did, it, it, it sort of enlightened me as to why that sometimes happens. Um, it talks about the fact that different personalities have different tendencies. And it talks about the way that you lean when there are rules or expectations. And, and it talks about two types of rules or expectations, the outer expectations or the inner expectations. Those expectations other people have of you or the ones that you put in place for yourself. And it gives four tendencies, which it calls the obliger, the upholder, the questioner, and the rebel. Uh, and Vicky, you sort of fall between the first two of these, don't you? Yeah, so I, I can identify with the obliger and the upholder. Um, the obliger is somebody who meets outer but resists inner expectations. Um, so they easily meet outer expectations. They do things better when someone else is counting on them. And this person will struggle with inner expectations, which I don't so much. Bit like New Year's resolutions or yeah, setting personal yeah. goals and stuff like that. Um, and so they can become discouraged when trying to adopt new habits because they've tried and failed in the past because they've had to do it alone. So it's the idea of I can do it, but only if you're doing it with me. Um, and I, I, I kind of knew that, but I didn't really know it, if that makes sense. So um, I remember a great example of this is my friend coming round, we were having a drink in the garden, and she told me how much weight she'd lost. She was like, I've lost all this weight. And her husband My as husband's well. lost all this weight. This is brilliant. And I was like... Right, right, we're going to do this. Will, no choice, you're going on the diet with me. And we totally did lose weight because I was doing it with somebody else. There was a bit of like, how much have you lost? What have you done? How many steps have you done today? And I need that level of, of working with somebody. But then the upholders are good at inner and outer expectations. And this, is, this is more you in some ways, isn't Yeah, it? I think so. Um, so they can be relied upon to meet deadlines where we thrive under rules um, and we can keep resolutions without too much of a problem. But we do struggle when the expectations are not clear or if the rules are not established or not being followed. Um, <laughs> those might be self-imposed or artificial. Um, I need routines. I love rules and schedules, and I need, but I need other people to stick to them as well. Yeah. Um, and I would describe myself as a routine queen. So this kind of, I was like, okay, this really fits who I am. But what about you? Yeah, so I'm neither of those. I'm what's called a questioner. So questioners question all expectations, and they only respond to expectations if they conclude that it makes sense to them. Um, they want to know why you should do something. You know, if somebody says to me, Will, you've got to do this, my natural instinct is to say, oh, no, I haven't. I have learned. <laughs> but if they can make it make sense to me, if they can say, we need to do this because of this, and I can think, oh, yeah, I can, I can get that, because really... Um, for questioners, they're very good at inner expectations, but they sort of resist outer expectations. Um, and, and I think that the, the sort of catchphrase for someone who's a questioner is, um, 
if I'm convinced in my own mind or you can convince me, then I'm motivated. So that's the question. And the final one, which neither of us fall into, but a couple of our friends do, is the rebel. Now, there might be a few rebels in here today. And you know, oh, yes, yes, you're admitting it. You know you're a rebel when actually you completely resist outer or inner expectations completely. You do what you want to do in the way that you want to do it, when you want to do it, and nobody's going to make you do it any differently. Because you want to act from a sense of freedom, from a sense of choice and self-expression. Um, and again, it's a bit like the question, when someone else tries to get a rebel to do something, they immediately resist control. But they also resist self-control, so they can't make themselves do it either. Um, you can't make me, and neither can I. And we've got, we've got a bit of a rebel in our house group. And, uh, you know, we, we were praying a few months back, we, well, sort of last year, I think, regularly, Vicky and I had started praying the Apprentice Prayer. It's a, a, a page-long prayer. And, and we were saying how brilliant it had been in our house group and suggesting other members might want to try it. And Alison said, yeah, 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 Roy, maybe. And then our other member of our house group was like, I already pray. That's a long prayer. I can't fit that into my prayer life any time. She probably didn't say it quite that, quite that strongly, but it was, I'm not going to do this. It's okay, we're not, we're not saying you've got to. And then two or three months later, it was, you know what, I've been praying that apprenticeship prayer, and it's really good, isn't it? <laughs> uh, so that's the rebel. Um, so if you have a look at those, can you see yourself in any of them? Or maybe you can see your spouse. Sometimes it's easier to see other people. Do you fit one of the types? Um, or maybe you're a bit like me, you're a bit of both. It's really important to say these are not good or bad. Yeah. There isn't one that's better than another. It's just the way that we are. Um, sometimes, so yeah, I've already said we don't fit into a, a single category. These are really helpful when understanding our habits mm. and why something will work really well for one person and not for another. So, so we've taken a bit of time to talk about this, but when, you know, in this series of healthy habits, we thought it was really helpful for us to learn a little bit about ourselves so that we can adopt the sort of strategy that works best for us when thinking about our healthy spiritual disciplines. So how, how can it help us when thinking about the, the sort of healthy spiritual discipline side of things? Well, for me, I know because of this that it's really important that I have other people around me on the same spiritual journey. Um, so my house group, my prayer group, some of my friendships are really vital for my spiritual growth. And we'd say it's important for everyone yeah. to have companions, you know, so it's important for everyone to be part of a, a, a house group or a journey group, something similar where you're meeting regularly with Christians, but for you in particular, for, me, for your that type. accountability is actually crucial. So while it's important for us all, that is crucial for me. Um, for, and for my spiritual growth, but what about you? What, what are some well, no, I, I didn't sorry, want to go I on to me yet. No, 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 no. Okay. What I wanted to do next was to ask you a little bit of, uh, of, of, of what you've learned from your ministry training um, because there was something else that happened as well as, as talking about habits. Uh, there was something about strength. Okay, yeah, okay. Um, so I'm starting my ministry training. Before our first session, we had to do lots of preparation work. 
Um, and one of the things I had to do, along with lots of personality tests, was the Strengths Finder, which some of you will have heard of. Um, I do recommend it, actually. You have to pay to do it, but it, it is worth it. And the idea is that you are working from your strengths. You're, you're not, you know what you're good at and that you work from that. So we're doing that. I was quite excited about it. I like doing these type of things. I looked at all the possible outcomes, all the possible strengths I could have, did the test, and then was really disappointed. <laughs> you get your five top strengths, and I, I well, my, my top, top strength, my number one was a discipline. I was like, <laughs> the most boring strength you could possibly have, a discipline. Um, I think it's fair to say I sulked about it you for did? a little while. Yeah. Yeah, you weren't happy at all. <laughs> I was really not happy at all. Because on the strengths finders, there's some that sound really exciting. There there's one called Woo. Yeah, I was where, really yeah, hoping you really for wanted that one. Woo. Yeah, I didn't get it. Um, but then I did, you know, have a little talk to God about it and actually it became a, a really important moment because I realised that I would like all these different strengths, but that's not who I am. And that God has created me with these strengths and that there's a sense of I'm trying to live somebody else's life, but that's not what he's got for me. So instead of rejecting and sulking, I decided that I was going to embrace it. And, um, okay, if discipline's my top strength, I'm going to be really disciplined. Yeah. <laughs> um, my next strength was responsibility, which, again, I thought was a bit boring. Um, but within it, I'm an activator, I'm a communicator, and I've got empathy. And, actually, they're not boring. So, um, yeah, I've yeah. really tried to embrace that. And that has helped when thinking that about That was a massive um, shift. And we'll, we'll maybe talk about that in the yeah. second part. But just to conclude this first part, and we'll get the worship team back up, please. Um, the critical thing here, what Vicky said, is that, you know, that you are God's craftsmanship. He's made you in a certain way. You are his workmanship, his masterpiece, the Bible says, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And many of us can fall into the trap of thinking we need to be something we're not. But God made you the way you are. And when we know who we really are and we work in our strengths, then we work in the way that God made us to be. And I think we're then, we're working in his easy yoke <laughs> uh, because you're working in God's design for your life. So you're working with God, not against God. So we'll, we'll okay. pause there and we'll, we'll worship together. Thank you. Okay, so we finished um, part one thinking about being God's craftsmanship, um, thinking about our whole person. Recently, we've been running the Wellbeing series, um, which we've really enjoyed, haven't we? Fantastic. And uh, we found it really helpful. Do we get an amen from anybody who's been doing the healing? Yeah, thank you. Um, it's been really beneficial. And in the series, it talks about our physical, emotional, spiritual, relational, vocational, and financial well-being. Because God is interested in our whole person. And he's actually interested in our well-being. And sometimes when we think about our habits, we can divide them up and separate them into maybe uh, the sacred habits and the secular habits. But this can be problematic, can't it? When yeah, we do absolutely. This? When we separate the secular from the sacred, it's called dualistic thinking. And it wasn't really part of the mindset of Jesus or the people who wrote the Bible. Um, in fact, we see in Jesus' life, a life of whole ministry. Uh, he touches the lepers and makes them clean. Um, and he makes them whole 
while he's walking from one destination to another, he gives sight back to the blind and he restores the social outcast. And he often does this as he goes about his business, not necessarily in the temple. Yes, he heals in the temple, but a lot of his ministry is his walking about day-to-day whole life ministry. And if you didn't know, Jesus is interested in you as a whole person. And it really comes back to that scripture we read right at the start, which is the Romans 12, take your everyday, ordinary life, sleeping, eating, going to work life, all of that sort of stuff. And that's important because we can think about our spiritual habits and perhaps put them in a box. Kind of we live in a world and society where we're all under pressure, we're all busy, and then when we start separating things, they get squeezed out. And that's a little bit how I felt after our holiday when I was feeling tired. So when we talk about developing healthy habits, what we're actually talking about is our spiritual formation and spiritual disciplines. So let's just break that down a little bit. So spiritual formation is the active process of transformation. It reforms the broken soul in a recovery from its alienation from God. And discipline, and I love this. Um, well, you would, it's your top thing, isn't yes, it? Yes, <laughs> it is. Um, <laughs> is a training rather than trying. This is a great moment for me when I read this. An activity that we do daily which helps us, trains us to do something over time that we couldn't have achieved just by trying harder. How many times have you said to yourself, I'll just try harder. I'll just, if I just try a bit harder. But we can't. We have to train ourselves to do that. And there's lots of scriptures where Paul talks about being like an athlete training That's for right. the games. And yeah. uh, you know, you couldn't just run a marathon, could you? You would have to. I, I certainly no. couldn't. I would need to do the couch to 5K uh, over a yeah, course of really three would. years to yeah. get there. I yeah. think. Um, and then there's the spiritual disciplines, and these are the practices that we find in the Bible that promote spiritual growth among believers in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Things like prayer, reading the Bible, scripture, serving is actually a spiritual discipline, uh, solitude and silence, meditation, fasting, meeting together, worship, giving, fellowship, contemplation, Lectio Divina, the examine, journaling, gratitude, celebration, Sabbath and rest. That's lots of things there. So how do we measure this, Will? Well, our measure always has to be, are you becoming like Jesus? Think about that Dallas Willard quote, who are you becoming? Um, The Bible talks about our spiritual life as a life that is becoming more and more conformed to the likeness of Christ. Um, And so I would ask the question, are we loving more? Uh, Are we loving God more? Are we loving others more? Are we loving our enemies more? Tougher one. Are you loving yourself more? Are you loving the outcast, um, the, the widow, the orphan? Um, and are you growing in the fruit of the Spirit? Is your life showing more evidence of joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control? But as you said, there, there's so much there, so many things that form those spiritual disciplines. How, how do we make this work in our daily lives? Well, in Jesus, we see a very specific rhythm to the way that he conducted his life. And Christians throughout the ages have gravitated towards following Jesus's rhythms in what came to be known as the rule of life. 
Rules. I don't like rules mm, too much. I love them. Uh, <laughs> when we speak about rule, we don't actually mean rules like that or laws or legalism. So it's not really rules at all. Um, a rule of life is something that regulates or gives us a measure. So and I, the ideas of this are a bit like a rhythm. So in music, if all the instruments play to the same rhythm, you get harmony rather than discord. Or like your banister rail at home, it's there to support you as you make your way up the stairs, uphill. Or a signpost, it points you in the right direction. But, but probably the best image, if we draw on Jesus' metaphor of the vine, is that of a trellis. Um, so Jesus said that he's the vine, we're the branches. We have to be you know, connected into Jesus. Um, but the trellis is a support structure that holds up the plants the vine and enables them to get off the ground it gets them to grow upwards and to become fruitful and this is the beautiful image of what a rule of life is allowing us to grow up and abide in Christ and, and most of us do have some form of regular routines as you say we might read our bible daily and pray we might belong to a house group we might come to church every week as Joe said last week uh, on a weekly basis but the chances are as you said we probably squeeze those into our rushed lives or we maybe rush through them. And few of us have the sort of trellis in this day and age, the support structure that we need in order to slow down and to slow down sufficiently to allow the will and presence of God to fill the whole of our everyday lives. Um, so in order to do this, we need a thoughtful and an integrated plan, which is called a rule of life. And this is something we actually discovered quite a few years back but if we're honest, it's something we haven't really fully embraced yet. And again, it's only recently that you've been challenged on this, Vic. Um, yep, so again, part of my ministry training, I've had to come up with a development plan. And when I was thinking about my routines and my rhythms, I realised that what was crucial was I needed to spend time thinking about my rule of life. This is what I needed to get serious about it. Rather than just reading about it and talking about it, I needed to do it. So, so, so what did you act? So, so you've you've recognised you need to do this, but what does that look like? Um, okay, so I decided I'm going to get up early. No, I just have to interject here. What you need to know about this is that Vicky loves her bed deeply. Okay, she really likes really her bed. Really deeply. Um, she has never been interested in waking early never. before. Um, no. So this was quite fact, a big I've one. I've closed off when people have told me I ought to. <laughs> um, yeah, so I decided, and it's counterintuitive because I'm actually having less sleep, but I feel more rested. And I'm very proud of Vicky because I can tell in the morning when she wakes up, she's dragging herself out of bed. The last thing she wants to do is get out of bed. Um, the other thing you need to know about Vicky is uh, not only does she love her this bed... This is not disclose all the Vicky moments. <laughs> <laughs> But if someone else is sleeping when she's got to get up, it makes I it struggle. worse. I do. However, it's been fine. So what um, else? Okay, so I've been getting up early because I know I need that hour, that time before anybody else is up. And I need that with God in the morning. That is really, really crucial. Um, and I knew that I needed to spend more time in his word. Um, so I've been doing the Bible in one year. I decided I'd go back to that. Um, which so, so has anybody else... Have you heard of the Bible in one year app? Yeah, a few of us. So, again, a brilliant app. 
Um, written by Nicky Gumbel, the, the person who does Alpha Course, mm -hmm. uh, Holy Trinity Brompton. And effectively, it does what it says on the tin. Um, if you use that app every day, it gives you Old Testament scripture, New Testament scripture, a psalm or a proverb. And there's some commentary as well that, that yeah. unpacks that. So it's about 25 minutes around for each day to, to do the Bible in one year. Yeah. And then I'm also doing Lectio 365, which is another app. Um, and I would really recommend it. There is a morning and evening devotion. And it, instead of where is the Bible in one year, you're doing lots of reading across the Bible. This is focusing in on a piece of scripture. And it's just gently encouraging your prayer and directing your prayer on the app. And I've done that quite a few times so that, with my dog walk. And so that's about 10 minutes a day. And yeah. that, but that, that really, it, there's lots of space for praying and it gets you to go really deep into yeah. a piece of scripture. Yeah. So Lexio 365, another, another good recommendation. Um, and then another is having some time of silence every day. And that's not something I find easy. Um, I'd got into a good rhythm of it a while back and I kind of lost it, but that I'm just going to have some total silence and to just wait on God every day. And my plan in that is that I will just build the time for that gently. Um, and then finally, Sabbath. Now, I know that I am known as Sabbath Vic to some, but actually this is something I find really hard um, to have a day where I'm resting with God um, and being in his presence. And that, so that is the other element at the moment because the idea of the rule of life is that it grows with you. It changes. You go back to it. Um, you talk to God about how he's moving that on. But that for, uh, for me and for us as a family, that we are properly practicing Sabbath. And so we're talking about that in the context of, of this Healthy Habits series. So the rule of life we're suggesting is, um, you know, is, is, is something that you might think about to help you put a structure in place for your habits. And when thinking about the rule of life, there are four main areas we think of, aren't there? Yeah. Um, so there's prayer, uh, which is thinking about scripture, um, our time of silence and solitude, the daily office, some people might do that, our study and our worship. So that, that kind of thinking about that section first. So that's the God bit, yeah. if you wanted to call it that. And then there's our rest. So are we doing Sabbath, uh, our simplicity, how do we play? How do we have fun um, and recreation? And then there's our work and activity, which is about our service, how we serve, our mission, our vocation, your job, but also about how you care for your body, your exercise and diet. And then there's our relationships, our emotional health, our family, our community, this community, and like we were talking about earlier, our companions for the journey. And I would really encourage you, if you really want to move forward, if you really want to be a disciple, that you need this trellis. It, it's a beautiful way of helping us to grow. So it takes some time, and it does take time. You can't just go walk away from this and go, okay, I'll do that. You've got to think about it with God. How are you going to build this rule of life? And, and we've tried to be honest with you and say, yeah. well, we, you know, with Sabbath, we, we know it's important, but again, we've not done great. And I was going to say, we keep trying, but actually we've started to train rather than try. So we, we're concluding now. So, so, so we, we, we finished now. But um, just as we conclude, earlier this week, Kevin Davis sent me a Pete Scazzaro quote, and it said this, we must change the scorecard in our churches for success from great services and large gatherings 
to a deep transformational discipleship for every single person in our church. And this is, this is the deep longing we have for Junction 10. Um, it isn't something that we or the elders or the teaching team can do for you. Um, we can teach about it, we can provide some resources, we can point you in the direction, but it's something that we're encouraging every single individual to think about and plan for and focus on. Um, and as you think about your habits, remember, how does your personality work? How do your strengths work? And maybe you shape something from you that, that works best yeah. for you to develop healthy spiritual disciplines. Um, maybe think about your own personal rule of life. Uh, what do you need to do right now to train rather than try? And we're going to end uh, this, this uh, talk with the great scripture that we read right at the start, the message version of Romans 12. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. Your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life. And place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him.